showing you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. Three ways to use touch to increase connection. Here are the three things you should know about touch. How it can make you closer, restoke the flame between you, and reinforce the reasons you fell in love in the first place. Touch used to be something that made me recoil from someone. And today, it's the only tool that can lower the walls that I can put up around my heart. And when I say recoil, I mean it. If someone placed their hand on my shoulder, I would involuntarily involuntarily pull away. It was so automatic. And in this show, I'm going to give you some ideas about how you could lower the walls around your partner's heart. I grew up in a home where touch wasn't really a common part of our experience. Love was shown through acts of service, like keeping a sparkling clean house or making great, great dinners or putting a roof over my head. At Christmas, my mom would buy mounds of presents and wrap them all individually and put them under a tree. That was how she showed love but hugs were very, very rare. I grew up not knowing how to respond to touch. I used to tell people I wasn't a hugger and I would verbally tell them I had a bubble and they weren't to cross it. I wanted to prevent people from touching me. I found most people moved in too fast, too close for comfort, and I was overwhelmed by their physical affection for me. And if you keep listening, I'm going to share with you the exact moment everything changed and why most people call my husband and I a very affectionate couple. When I was in school as a marriage and family therapist, I learned through the thick and dense textbooks with tons and tons of words about physical touch. I learned that safety and comfort are supposed to be provided through touch, that touch plays a role in the release of oxytocin and bonding, and that kissing and snuggling and nuzzling and massage play a role in pair bonding. Despite the ample amount of research on this, this was not my story. Until it was. Many couples struggle with touch. Some couples feel like there's no touch, no touch, no touch, and then there's touch, and then touch means sex, and they recoil away from that. Some people just struggle to enjoy touch because they don't like the meanings associated with it, or maybe they don't like how touch feels. That means no matter what touch means to that person or any relationship, it's important to make touch feel safe and comfortable and have touch that doesn't lead to sex. Intimate touching without pressure actually has a term. It's called non-demand touching. (laughs) How technical is that? Anyway, touch isn't for everyone. Some people always shy away from touch and other people just need touch to be super, super safe. Here are some suggestions for making touch feel safe. The first one is something we've heard a lot about in culture lately, what's 
basically the issue of consent or permission. And this doesn't mean it needs to be f- super formal, although it could be. You could say, can I touch you? It can also be playful and casual, but still looking for the yes. So for example, you could put a smile on your face and say, babe, you have the cutest hands or the strongest hands. Would it be okay if I put my hand on yours with a wink? Or you could touch their, you could look at their face and say, can I just brush that hair from your eyes and slowly touch their hair and move it from their face. There's so many different ways to do touch in a loving way. You could say, do you want me to scratch your back? Or why don't I brush your hair for you tonight? Why don't we hop in the shower and let me, let me clean you. There's so many ways to do touch while asking for permission, if that's okay. The second thing to really contemplate when you're touching is that making sure touch, nurturing touch does not pressure sex. Yeah, nurturing touch can lead to opportunities where there is sex. And sometimes we know that that is the the direction it is going. And it is also important that some touch does not lead to sex, especially if we want it to be safe. There are many examples of nurturing touch, and very often we can look at how we interact with our kids or our infants or our pets to figure out how do we do nurturing touch. So with pets, for example, we stroke their fur. So this could mean stroking your partner's hair, asking to brush their, brush their hair, or maybe massaging their head. With little babies, we can think about the rituals we do to take care of them, like bathing them, putting lotions on them, playing with their fingers or their toes, or tucking them into bed. We can do all of those things with adults too. So the key is making it safe. Notice that some of these things, when we do them as adults, they're very intimate. They're very vulnerable. And so make sure there isn't the pressure that this needs to lead somewhere else. And just enjoying and delighting and having your partner pay attention to you. With time and practice and It's okay for these to lead to possibilities and lead to sex if you want them to, but just making sure that they don't always have to. The third thing that can help couples with touch and making it feel safe is to talk about your likes and dislikes. What this is is pretty simple in concept, but can be very hard and vulnerable to do in real time. Here are some guidelines when you're talking about touch, likes, and dislikes. So reinforce what you like your partner to do. Say, ooh, I like that, or do that again, or that was so nice. So reinforce what you do like, and then be careful and gentle when you're talking about the things you don't like. Be careful to describe the behaviors you don't like, and be sure to steer away from criticizing your partner. Be sure to set firm boundaries about what is okay and what is not okay, but making sure you're just trying to be as gentle as possible as you're thinking about how do you make touch safe for you both. So I want to tell you what changed everything for me. It was the second point of these three points. It was the nurturing touch. My now husband takes great care and time and attention to make touch feel really safe in a way that touch had not felt before. Touch for him is a strong suit. It's one of the things he just naturally does best. For me, this is a very learned skill, but I have learned more from him than in any book I could have read. And to be honest, that's where most of the research comes from. What we learn from the couples or the people who do these things very naturally, and then we study them. So it was in the, in the safe little moments of our early dating that he showed me touch was safe with him. He would excitedly take my hand He would ask if I wanted a massage. And there were so many precious little early moments that slowly, slowly, slowly made me feel safe 
to accept his touch as a loving way to connect with him. This will not be everybody's story. There might be too much background history of not liking touch. There might be trauma associated to touch. Some people just don't like the feelings of touch. But if you're open to exploring touch, if you're open to liking it, or maybe you do, it just is a bit odd. Start slow, make sure it's consensual, and engage in things that feel emotionally and physically safe for the both of you. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.